All right, good morning, good to see you. Nice to have a bit of an Egan's family reunion going on right here in front of everything. Good to have you here with us. Good to have you online with us. And I'm glad to be here. Uh, my topic today is do yourself a favor. And um, you might think, oh, wow, there's going to be one of those simple, easy, feel-good sermons. But wait a minute, I didn't mean to imply any of that. It's not simple at all. It's actually the topic of today is, can be very complex, and it's difficult. And I don't know if you're going to feel good or not. You might feel mad at me. But uh, Pastor JP assigned me 10 words of biblical text, and they are 10 powerful words. And if you understand what Jesus said, I think the simplest way to say it is, do yourself a favor. We're working our way through the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Have you already turned there? Matthew chapter 6, uh, I think we're at verse 12, 10 words. And um, I wonder now, did you ever memorize the Lord's Prayer? His disciples came to him and uh, he, uh, they wanted to know how to pray. He said, well, you can pray like this. This is the Lord's model prayer. And um, it was very common when I was a kid for we, we were all expected to memorize it. Now, there's a few differences, like do you say, Our Father, who art in heaven, or which art in heaven? And uh, uh, are we uh, dealing with trespasses or debts? And then at the end, some churches don't even have the last part, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. But regardless of the little differences, the main part of it should be a part of your prayer model memory. So I thought, you could put me to the test today. You have your Bible open. We'll actually have it on the side screens here. Let me see if I can quote the Lord's Prayer the way I memorized it. And you just follow along. You just check me. You read while I'm saying it out loud. Jesus taught his disciples to pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts with no strings attached. Oh, oh wait, that's not what he said. That's just what I wish he said. Forgive us our debts but don't require anything of us. Forgive us our debt, but I'm not going to forgive anybody. No, he said, and for, here are the 10 words, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that little word, as, really bothers me. What does that mean? I mean, it sounds like Jesus is saying, God, you forgive me in the same 
way that I forgive others. At the same time, I forgive others. Forgive me as I forgive them. In other words, in other words, God, I give you permission that uh, if I just forgive people a little bit, then you can just forgive me a little bit. If I hesitate to forgive others, then God, you hesitate to forgive me. And if I stubbornly refuse to forgive those who hurt me, well, then God, you just, you just refuse to forgive me. Is that what he's saying? And you say, well, Pastor Evan, surely that's not what Jesus meant. But then why just two verses later, in verses 14 and 15, Jesus goes on to say this. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, wow, your Father will not forgive your sins? What's he saying? Well, whatever he's saying, I think it has something to do with this. If you are not a forgiving person, maybe you better ask the question, are you a forgiven person? Or maybe we could say it like this. There's something about being forgiven that allows me to be forgiving. So, However you want to say it, I think the simplest, easiest way to say it is do yourself a favor and forgive that person who offended you. So thanks, JP, for 10 words that are hard to talk about, but so important. Um, we're human. We sin. We sin against each other. We sin against God. This is the issue that touches all of us. And today, we need to tackle this as best as we can. There's so much we could say. But I just want to tell you, do yourself a favor. Forgive someone. Now, um, let's start off by talking about why we hesitate to do this. Now, if you're saying, oh, that's fine, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But most of the time, someone comes to mind, some issue comes to mind, a coworker, a family member, a mean neighbor, someone that did you wrong. You think, I, I can't forgive that person. And, and there are reasons why we say this. So I want to start off by saying what forgiveness is not. And we could go on and on about this. So let me dispel some of the misconceptions we have about forgiveness. By the way, I online I was searching for other sermons on forgiveness, and I heard Tim Mackey give a really good one. So number one is what forgiveness is not. Um, now, Tim Mackey, you might not recognize his face, but I think you might recognize his voice, especially if you've looked at any of uh, the, the website, The Bible Project, 
All right? So his voice is the one that's on all those animated descriptions. Like they have, they have a summary of every book in the Bible. And they uh, map it out on a big chart. It really helps you understand the basic message of a Bible book. And then he narrates that. And they have a lot of other videos too. The Bible Project, great, great website. So anyway, Tim Mackey uh, gave this long sermon on forgiveness. And most of it is what forgiveness is not because we're so mixed up about this. And by the way, did you know there is a book of the Bible that really is all about helping someone come to forgiveness on an issue? It's one of the shortest books in the New Testament. You know what it is? It's actually the one that I have pictured on there, Philemon. Philemon was a, a wealthy businessman who had a worker who stole money from him and split the country. And Paul met him in prison. That was Onesimus. And so Paul uh, brings him to Christ and says, now you need to go back to, uh, to Philemon. And so, actually, if you zero in on part of this, you see Paul, the prisoner, uh, trying to bring together Onesimus and Philemon as Philemon has someone he needs to forgive for the debts and for deserting him. So, that was a great message from Tim Mac uh, uh, Mackey. And by the way, I have a lot of resources at the bottom of your outline and online also because there's so much for us to learn. But let me just start off with this. Some of the things forgiveness is not, all right? Number one, it is not saying, oh, that didn't matter. Someone hurt you, someone wronged you, someone took money from you, someone left you hanging high and dry. Oh, it didn't really matter. Sometimes people will say that to you. Just, you know, just forget it. It doesn't matter. No, it didn't matter. It was wrong. I was wrong. You were wronged. So when we say, forgive people, we're not saying pretend it didn't hurt. Pretend it didn't matter. That's not what we're saying. We're also conscious of the fact that some of the offenses that come our way are trivial. And even those are sometimes hard to get over. Some of the offenses that come our way in life are tragic and tumultuous. It's like they are difficult to get over. So we can't just lump them all into one basket, but we can say in all these things, do yourself a favor and forgive. Now, just as an example, let me share with you about a fellow named James Stuart Ross. For example, he uh, lived in Montreal, Canada. This was back in the 40s. He was a self-taught engineer and started a, bi a business of making hydraulic airplane parts. And his business flourished. He took on a business partner who acted as the accountant and Stuart was the in charge of manufacturing and engineering and all of that and they especially during the war effort when they were making hydraulic parts for the 
the military, they took in a lot of money and Stewart just poured it right back into the business. They got to where they had hired 40 employees and just doing great until the business partner figured out how to steal all the money and leave the country. And Stewart never saw him again. His life was impacted tragically. So how do you deal with these things? Well, number one, you don't say, oh, it didn't matter. These things do matter. Another thing we're not saying, when we say forgive someone, we're not saying that you should allow the offense to continue. Someone hurt you. Oh, just forget it and let them hurt you again and again and again. No, that's not what we're saying. And so if that's what you're thinking, of course it's going to be hard to forgive. And by the way, in Tim Mackey's sermon, he says, take a closer look at Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus says to forgive people. There's all kinds of safeguards to keep you from falling back into the same track of being abused again. So we need to get that straight. It's not just saying it doesn't matter. Forgiveness is not allowing something to continue. And also, I think we have to come to terms with this. Forgiveness is not letting them off the hook. Why should I let them off the hook for what they did to me? Well, maybe I could say, you can let them off your hook. When you don't forgive someone, when you hold a grudge, when you allow anger to grow in your heart, when you say, I won't forgive that person, it's, like, it's almost like a bungee cord. You hook that bungee cord to them and you don't let go. And you, you try to distance yourself, but you're always pulled back into their orbit, you know? And do yourself a favor. Let go of that. Do, yeah, yes, you let them off your hook. But that doesn't mean you let them off God's hook. Or the other trouble that they're getting into. You just want to let go of the pain that's happening in your heart. In fact, someone has said this. When you don't forgive, you are letting someone live rent-free in your own mind. Kick them out. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by doing yourself a, a favor and forgiving them. So, all right, it's not saying it didn't matter. It's not allowing it to continue. It's not letting them off the hook. Well, you let them off your hook, but not off God's hook. Can I give you an example, by the way? You might remember the story a couple years ago, a an accountant in Texas by the name of Botham Jean was sitting in his apartment eating, I think he was eating ice cream uh, one evening, when an off-duty police officer, a woman, barged in. Actually, she thought she was in her own apartment, but she got off the elevator on the wrong floor, walked into the wrong apartment, thought she saw someone burglarizing her place, and shot him and killed him. and went to trial for it and was convicted of murder. And 
at the end of the trial, Botham Jean, by the way, who was a worship leader at a Church of Christ in Texas, his little brother took the witness stand and made some statements. You can see it on a video. I'm not going to play the video for now. It's only a few minutes, but you can easily find it online, where he basically tells his brother's murderer, I forgive you. I don't want to harbor this in my heart. I'm not going to live the rest of my life angry at you for killing my brother. Basically, he was saying, I'm going to let you off my hook. She still was sentenced to prison. She's not off that hook. But you don't need to harbor that in your heart. In fact, uh, Brent, Jean, gave a fabulous testimony. And he talked about how Jesus can forgive you. And uh, I would, that's, that's a great uh, little video clip to watch. Oh, by the way, at the end of his little talk, he said to the judge, can I, I, I don't know if this is loud, but would it be okay, could I hug her? And what followed, maybe you saw this on the news too. Look at the judge wiping tears out of her eyes. There's something powerful about being willing to forgive. And yeah, there are consequences you can't erase. But you can do yourself a favor and forgive people. So, it's not saying it didn't matter. It's not allowing it to continue. It's not just letting people off the hook. Let them off your hook, but let the other consequences them deal with it. But let's say what it is. And we could say at least these three things. Three things forgiveness is. Number one, it's aligning yourself with Jesus. You call yourself a Christian, that means I want to live the way Christ lived. Who was more forgiving than Jesus, who on the cross said, Father, forgive them. So when you can forgive someone, you're actually aligning yourself with Jesus. And that's what he's calling you to do. It's aligning yourself with Jesus. It's empowering yourself with grace. How can you have the power to forgive someone else who wronged you? Well, you get that power from the grace that's been given you. Forgiving people is hard. Peter thought he was being very bold by asking Jesus. Now, if someone offends me seven times and I forgive him seven times in a row, that's good enough, right? And you remember what Jesus said. No, it's at least 70 times seven. In other words, you keep, in other words, you keep forgiving. And then Jesus told this story. Remember this parable? He said, a certain man owed a gazillion dollars. Well, he really said 10,000 talents. But how much is that? It's a ridiculous amount. You could never pay it back. A gazillion dollars. But he was forgiven of that debt. Wow. You just received a huge amount of forgiveness. But then he went out and strangled someone who owed him a few hundred dollars. 
And Jesus says, that's not right. Throw that guy back in prison. Why? Because when you have been forgiven much, when you've received a lot of grace, that empowers you to give grace. What forgiveness is, is aligning yourself with Jesus. It's empowering yourself with grace. It's, well, it's doing yourself a favor. I'm not saying it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's complex. It's difficult. But it's the best thing you could do for you. Is to forgive that person who offended you. Forgive that person who stole your business. Forgive that person who shot and killed your brother. By the grace of God and the example of Christ, you can do yourself a favor. But the question is, how? Can you tell me how? How can I do this? Now, there's a lot to say here. And maybe you're thinking of an issue. Maybe you're thinking of someone who's, well, it's just hard to let go of the grudge. Someone at your work. Someone in your family. That neighbor who's so nasty. Someone who hurt you. How, how can I let this go? So let me give you just three things to work on. Because after all, Jesus expects it. Jesus modeled it. Jesus will empower you to do it. Number one, how can I do this? By telling yourself, I can do this. Instead of saying, no, I can't. Say, I can do this. Let's just start there. I was recently looking online and saw the title of a book. That's very dangerous for me. You have habits like that, like, oh, I wonder what that's about. The title of this book just caught my attention. I have a picture of it up here. Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. I thought, I wonder what those nine lies are. I don't believe any of them. Do I? So, of course, I had to get the book. It's very interesting. And uh, I think I agreed with all nine of them by that. You know, these are lies that we believe. Oh, by the way, chapter four was this. I can never forgive that person. That's a lie. That's a lie. Actually, I had to read that chapter, of course. And uh, Shane Pruitt, the pastor who wrote this book, tells the story of a teenage girl. Her name was Ozzie. Ozzie and her mother, mother was driving a car down a country road when a disgruntled gunman decided he wanted to murder a few people before he took his own life. And so he used a shotgun, shot through their car several times. The mother was killed, and Ozzy barely escaped with her life. And then the man killed himself, and she was left with all that trauma and tragedy. And he uses her as an example of how hard it is to forgive when someone destroys 
destroys so much of your life. But the first thing you have to tell yourself is, I can, I can forgive. Jesus said in his prayer, for us to forgive, that means I can. Not only I can, I should. Not only I should, really I must. If I'm going to be a follower of Christ, if I'm going to have freedom, if I'm going to have joy in my life, do yourself a favor and forgive that person. Number two. I think maybe you should remind yourself something, and that is I'm probably going to need a counselor. I'm going to need a counselor. Pastor Evan, you're telling me I'm going to have to spend a lot of money on a shrink? Well, I'm saying I've been to a good Christian counselor before several times. Linda and I have gone to a good Christian counselor. Don't don't discount that possibility. But there's a whole lot of other counsel that you can get. What I'm saying is, if you just wait and say, well, someday I'll just automatically have this very forgiving spirit well up inside me, and then I'll be able to forgive. But until then, I won't. You know what? Maybe you need to talk to someone. Maybe you need to hear a couple good online messages. See, when I say counselor, I mean uh, you might have a Christian friend who's really wise. And you say, let me tell you what I'm dealing with. You're going to need help. Uh, it might be Pastor Jace Pete Sermon. It might be, well, let's say this. The greatest counselor of all eternity is the Holy Spirit. Right? Jesus told us he was giving us the Holy Spirit to be our counselor, to be our comforter, our paraclete, the one who comes along and helps us. So God has his ways of getting you the information you need, the insight you need to do yourself a favor and forgive that person. But it's not just going to bubble up automatically God wants to build this into you. Now, let me give you an example. Lisa Turkhurst, who is a, a wonderful Christian woman, a great speaker, an author. In fact, several of us uh, leaders from the church heard her give a talk about a year ago about how devastated her life was when her Christian husband of many years, she found out, had been unfaithful to her repeatedly. They tried to work it out. They tried to work it out. They split it up. Uh, by the way, she has this book. She's holding it in her hand, but a little bit bigger is Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Now, uh, there's a lot to be said, and I would recommend her talks, her book. I also heard her online with a Focus on the Family broadcast. So all of these uh, uh, resources are mentioned in your on your outline or online if you're watching us online. And those of us who heard her give us talk, this, this one, one story she told about going to the counselor, this was after a couple of years of being split up, and working through this, there's a lot of pain in her life. <clears throat> and, the, and, and the counselor said, Lisa, I, I think it's time for you to forgive. How can I do this? 
So he gave her a stack of cards. I want you to write on that first card. Uh, the first thing you can think of, the, how your husband hurt you by what he did. He hurt me by doing this. She wrote that. And they set the card down on the carpet. And then the next card. What else? Well, he hurt me by this. Laid it next to the first card. What else? This went on for quite a little while. They had a whole train of little white cards on the floor. And then, you know, I'm just surprised at how effective a good counselor is. Now, Lisa, I want you to go to that first card, get down on your knees, and you, you pray to God. To, you, you tell God you're forgiving your husband for what he did when he did this first card. And if there's any part of that where you think, well, I'm not sure I can forgive him fully, you just say, Lord, I forgive my husband when he did this. And if there's any part of that I can't forgive, just cover it with the blood of Jesus. The grace of Jesus will be enough to take care of that. So she prayed over the first card. And then he handed her a red piece of felt to put on top of the card. So that offense has been covered by the grace and blood of Jesus. And then card number two. Tell God you're going to forgive your husband for the second card. Third, fourth, fifth. I don't know how many cards were there were. It took a long time. But by the time she got to the last card, well, let's just say she did herself a favor by letting that go. Now, it's a complex issue. It was delightful to hear her tell that story. And in, in fact, they still tell the story about how she and her husband actually got back together again. It's a story full of grace. It's a reminder, you can do this. You can forgive someone. You can. You might need the help of a good advice. Whether it's from your friend, your, your Bible study leader, uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you. But let me give you one more piece of advice. Tell yourself, I can do this. Remind yourself, I'll need some help. Convince yourself, it will be worth it. How many biblical examples do we have of people who went through tragedy, people who were dealt a raw deal, people who were offended by their family members or their employers. You have Joseph in Egypt. You have Moses in the desert. You have uh, David wandering in the wilderness. You have Paul in prison. But all these people were more than compensated. When you read the whole story, you find out it was worth it. David became king. Joseph was uh, second in Egypt. Moses led the people through the promised land. Paul wrote the New Testament while he was in prison. We, we benefit from that. Oh, uh, James Stuart Ross. Most people called him Stu. What did he do when his business partner took all the money and left and was actually never seen again? Well, there he couldn't stay in Montreal, so they moved across the country to Vancouver. 
were able to squeak by and rent and then buy a little house. You know, but back, in, uh, back in Montreal, all their friends were saying, you know your son, your son Hugh, he's got some mental problems. He's got some mental disabilities. You're going to have to put him in an institution. He couldn't interact with people. He didn't have any vocabulary. Uh, by the way, Hugh Ross, the son of Stu Ross, is Dr. Hugh Ross from Reasons to Believe, the astrophysicist who's written so many books on apologetics. And one of my favorite books, um, Always Be Prepared, he tells the story about how God used his father's business failure, or that is, partner who stole the business from him to get them to move across the country so that he wouldn't have put in, been put into an institution and instead was put into public school where a teacher noticed it's not that he has uh, brain problems. It's like he is a genius. But no one in those days understood really autism spectrum disorders. But once he got the help he needed, he became this astrophysicist who's written so many books on apologetics. And, oh, by the way, before his father died, because of Hugh Ross's ministry with reasons to believe, his father and mother both came to know Jesus. Now, what I'm saying is, losing your earthly business, is that worth it if you gain all eternity? And if your son, who would have been locked away, instead has been released to, to have one of the greatest ministries of uh, showing people how the Bible and science go together. So, God knows what he's doing. And I guess I just have one more thing to say. What's my next step? What's your next step? I mean, before we take communion today, has God already brought to your mind someone you need to forgive? I know it might be hard. It's not simple. But maybe just because of what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Maybe you're ready. Before you take the bread and the cup, that reminds us of Jesus on the cross. Maybe you can say, I do, I do forgive that person. I'm letting go of that grudge. I want to heal that hurt. Oh, do you remember Ozzy, the teenager whose mother was murdered and who lived so many years holding this terrible tragedy in her soul? She went to a meeting one night where the speaker was talking about how to forgive. And while she listened to the speaker, she felt God telling her, you can forgive that man for killing your mother and ruining your life. And she said, I told God I forgive him. And I felt all of that burden just being lifted from my shoulders. 
what's your next step? I don't know. But maybe just hearing these words, you're ready to say, oh, I'm going to forgive that person. Oh, by the way, Ozzy went up to the speaker later and told him, when you gave that talk, I forgave the man who killed my mother. And by the way, that's how she ended up in chapter 4 of Stan Pruitt's, Shane Pruitt's book. I want you to end up in God's book as an example. Like we all have been hurt. You can forgive. Is it your parents? Is it a sibling? Is it a coworker? Someone who hurt you, someone who wronged you. Do yourself a favor. Before you eat the bread and drink the cup, say, Father, forgive them. I forgive them.